a job of sorts is being a parent to the three kids that I have. And my kids are very young, so I'm very in the active, active, active stage of parenting. My oldest happens to be four at the moment. The next one is two. The one after that is under one years old. My kids are roughly two years apart each. So, you know, lots going on on the home front, basically. There's so much that I need to do for them at this stage of their life because they actually can't do it themselves. And there's a lot of driving kids to different things. And it's it's a lot of stuff happening all the time. So that's how my life was structured for a long time. And I was having a hard time with it because there was always constantly more things that I needed to do, more things that I needed to think about and kind of keep on my radar. And I tried all sorts of different ways to do that. I tried different um, like ways of leaving myself physical notes on paper. I tried to add different kinds of things on my phone to remind me about all the different stuff. I tried different organization systems and task managers and blah, 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 blah. None of it worked if worked means making me feel like my life was organized and manageable. None of it ever did that at all. Zero. That didn't happen. I was always feeling like my the number of things that I needed to do was unmanageable and it was impossible for me to do all of them. Uh, another thing that was happening more often than I care to admit is that in order to get a large number of things done, I would end up not doing the things that I was doing as well as I could have if I didn't have such a huge stack of things. So time is the great equalizer. If I have 10 things to do today, that's yeah, I can de- you know devote however much to those time and energy to those 10 things. If I have 30 seven things to do, the amount of time that I have in my day doesn't actually increase at all, right? It stays the same. And so I have to divide it up. And that means that I have to make choices. And those choices oftentimes meant that a lot of the things that I was trying to do didn't get the amount of time, the amount of energy that I would have liked to have applied to them because I didn't have the time and energy available to apply it to them because it had to go to all these other places. That was the way that my life was structured. It was very hard for me. Then I decided I was going to stop teaching, and that's something that just started. This is, as I'm recording this right now, this is the first time in, you know, I've been a full-time faculty member where I was teaching for seven years and I was an adjunct professor for about four years before that. So seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, I'm bad at math, 11 years. This is the first time in 11 years that I haven't been going back to teaching at this time of the year, of the calendar year, of the academic year. And it feels strange. And I've started to think to myself, like for, for a very long time, I've fantasized about what my life would be like if I didn't have all this stuff that I needed to do. I've thought about that. I've daydreamed about it. I have thought 
I would do so many things. Like I would do a podcast. I'd do more podcasting. I'm doing that now. I would put more time and energy into my private practice. I'm doing that now. I would be able to deal with my kids in a different way because I wouldn't, I'd, I'd be able to pay more attention to what I was doing with them because I wouldn't have all these other things, these undone things calling for my attention running in my head. And all that stuff is true. It's not like I have a, a, I mean, my life is different having given up teaching and I think it was the right thing for me to do, but I still have a lot of things going on. And I've been trying to think a lot about how it is that I would like to design the style of how I live my life, i.e. the style of how I use my time and energy. That's what I am meaning when I say that bougie term lifestyle design. I'm trying to think, how do I want to do this? And I don't have the answer. It's weird because I didn't expect this, I think. I thought that if I had more time, I would know what to do with it rather intuitively, rather instantly. But I'm finding that's not the case. I'm finding that now that I have the time and and the energy more available to me than it was, I kind of don't know exactly what I want to do with it all the time. Sometimes I do, but there's definitely times where I don't. And this has sent me down kind of a weird rabbit hole. I've been spending a lot of time trying to figure out how people who are individuals who I admire, even though I've never met them. So the admiration is, you know, it's it's not of the person, I guess. It's, It's of the aspects of the person that I'm able to see. I'm I'm finding different people like that who I think live a life that I think is interesting and worthwhile. And I'm thinking like, how do they do that? So there's two people who I've been spending a lot of time sort of looking at them doing interviews and giving talks uh, on podcasts and on YouTube videos. I've been reading their writing. And these are two British people. One is the psychoanalyst and essayist Adam Phillips. And the other is the non-musician artist guy, Brian Eno. I think that these are two people, I've, I've listened to Brian Eno's music for quite a while, and I really, really like it. Brian Eno is this, and when I watch him give interviews and talk, he seems like such a pleasant person. He seems like this guy who's just always having a good time, always tinkering and kind of playing around with stuff and not taking himself or what he's doing too seriously. But at the same time, it's not like he sees himself or what he's doing as something that just is silly and doesn't matter. I think he sees the ways that he uses his time and energy as something that does matter. But at the same time, he doesn't take it super seriously. Adam Phillips, the psychoanalyst, is very similar to me. He's somebody who also, I think, takes what he does extremely seriously. You know, he doesn't take it extremely seriously, pardon me. I think he thinks it's important, but he doesn't take himself all that seriously. And this is something that I admire, but I think it's something that I might struggle with myself. I don't know if I can, if I can do that to the same degree. I don't know. Maybe I'm, you know, understanding these two people incorrectly. Maybe they're much more serious or or uptight than they let on. But from what I see, they seem to be not super uptight. 
and as I'm saying this into this microphone now, a new association occurs to me. When I was getting my undergrad in history, I had this teacher who was my favorite professor that I had for anything. He was this guy. His name was Jim Schmidt. He taught at Northern Illinois University. And his teaching style was great. It was, he, w- he would show up, and I mean, this guy was smart. He knew what he was talking about. He could, but he, and he engaged the class in conversations, and it was really, really fun because he, the, the way that he taught involved the class. It, it wasn't like, hey, class, you know, just say whatever you want and let's just have a discussion. It wasn't like that, although discussion was a very big and very important part of the learning that was going on in his classes. He he led the discussions. He directed the discussions. And he did that very, very masterfully, I think. And all of this is to, to bring up this term that he used once. I, I asked him about his teaching style, and he called it relaxed seriousness. And I think that that was really good. Because so, the classes, they had a relaxing kind of vibe. You didn't think when you were in there that, that it was this kind of like pressure cooker of a class. It was a place where you could relax. And that was great because it seems to me that when I was relaxed, I certainly learned better than when I was super stressed out. So that was good. But while being relaxed, you were taking what you were doing, what you were saying, what you were thinking the combination of all those things, you were taking that all very seriously. So it was relaxed, but serious. And that's the kind of vibe that I get from Brian Eno and Adam Phillips, who I don't know nearly as well as I knew Jim Schmidt, but they all seem pretty similar to me. And that's the kind of, these people are the kinds of people that I think I want to be like that more than I am now. Sometimes I am like that. But I'm not like that as much as I would like to be. I would like to be able to tap into that more than I currently am. And this is what I've been thinking about. Uh, So maybe I need to take that bougie term, (laughs) lifestyle design, throw that away. Let's not use that anymore. Instead, let's say what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to find or create and then maintain different ways to kind of maximize my capacity for relaxed seriousness in my own life, having made some significant changes. That's what I'm trying to do. And that's what's on my mind. This is, this is what I think about in the moments I have when I'm not actively engaged in doing something. This is the quotidian head noise that plays for me as I live my life. And I've told you about it in this weird podcast that I do that you listen to. And thank you for listening to it. If you have, uh, I don't know, questions, comments, or things like that, you can find out more about the podcast and about me by going to surplusjuissance.com because this podcast is produced through Surplus Jouissance Projects. That is the name that I've given to the what do you want to call it, studio, laboratory thing through which I do my creative work. So if you want to know more, you can go there. And I'm going to stop talking now. I'm going to throw this into this audio file, into a digital workstation, do a couple of 
quick things here, not get too overly obsessed about the production quality of this thing, and then I will release it. We'll see what happens then. Till next time, make those glorious mistakes. Don't let that man keep you down. Damn the demand, save the desire, etc., etc. Bye.